Welcome to 27 Speaks, a weekly podcast with the staff of the Express News Group who share their insights into the latest stories making news on the east end of Long Island. 27 Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. We are recording. We're recording. Welcome to 2023. Here we are on this side of it. We all made it. Made it through 2022. Intact. Although several people in our office are now battling COVID, which seems to be the never-ending story. Yeah, I've known like 10 people who have gotten COVID in the past month. It's crazy. Yeah, I actually knock on something wood. I have not yet gotten COVID and neither is my husband. Have you, Mike? No. And I, and, um, I, and I spent, I went to two concerts over the holidays. But you had it before, haven't you? No, huh? I, I haven't had, had a positive yet. test a few months ago. No, did I? I thought you sent us a test and said you're pregnant. I, no, <laughs> huh? <laughs> Don't call him positive. <laughs> no, uh-uh. no, I have not, I've not gotten it. Yeah, we should take an office pool. Like, yeah, how many, you have you, you haven't had it yet, Brendan, have you? I haven't, as far as I know. Um, the last time I was sick, I did take a COVID test and it came back negative. Yeah. Uh, so I, I might have been spared this whole time and also yeah. helps that I've been vaccinated and boosted and I wear yeah. masks as necessary. That was that was Joe Shaw that sent the, the positive t- yes. <laughs> pregnant thing. Yeah. That was just the other day, though, right? Yeah, just the other yeah. day. Well, I was just reading, I think there's a story that said that it's going to be really hard to avoid this particular strain because it's it's super um, easy to spread and catch. Um, so, Mike, I'm looking at my email. You had COVID in May. How do you not remember this? <laughs> I, don't remember. I guess he had the brain I fog. Well, I wasn't sick. <laughs> All right. You're out of our club. That's it, when, Mike. When did I have it? You were visiting a 91-year-old, so you took- Oh, the fireman, right, and I took the test. That's right, yes. <laughs> I did have the positive test, that's right. But I guess you were asymptomatic? I never got sick. That's why I never That's why I never thought of it. All right, Brendan. It's just me and you now in the room who's not, not gotten it yet. So, it's the only left. so we're not here to talk about COVID because God knows we've talked about it that enough in the last two years. We're actually here to talk about it. Another issue that's um, that's been uh, surfacing in East Hampton, which is the Maidstone Gun Club. And this is a gun club. I believe it's 90 acres. Is that right, Mike? Yep. 90 acres near the East Hampton Airport. But, you know, I just realized that we forgot to do our introduction. So I'm, I'm off my game here. So um, with us today is Brendan J. O'Reilly. Hey, Brendan. Hi, everybody. I'm Brendan. I'm the deputy managing editor of the Express News Group. And I'm Annette Hinkle, and I'm the arts and living editor of the Express News Group. And also joining us today is senior reporter Mike Wright. And uh, Mike, how are you? I'm well, thanks. How are you? You're doing well. Good. Good to see you. So yeah, we're talking about the Maidstone Gun Club um, this week, and it's an interesting facility. It's been there for decades. And um, Mike, do you want to talk about how the club functions and what they shoot there? Um, It's not, you know, I don't know if you can bring any kind of gun that you like, or it's mostly people using um, hunting guns or pistols or... No, uh, you can shoot. You can shoot anything you want there if it's... I mean, it's it's not like a government-run facility, so there's not even any rules. I mean, 
presumably you only would have guns that are legal. Uh, but nobody's checking that, it. Although, nobody's that, checking nobody, it the game. Nobody's right. Nobody's checking. And yeah. that's actually, that does come into play um, sort of in, in this whole recent, uh, this whole recent drama, but. And basically just like the airport, it feels like this is a story about a facility that's been operating kind of quietly in the woods. Well, not totally quietly, cause you can hear it from pretty far away, but it's been operating for a number of years. A lot of gun enthusiasts, hunters, people who like to shoot have been going to this facility, but as development has moved in more and more homes have been built not too far from the gun facility. And there's been some issues with people witnessing bullets going through their property. And there has been a court case to temporarily shut down the gun club. But the big question is, do we know where those bullets are coming from? So Mike, I know you can say this a lot better than I just did. So, <laughs> so if you want to, let's talk gun club. Yeah, uh, right. Right. Yeah. Bullets have hit houses Have hit houses um, yeah. on several occasions. Um, there's sort of eight documented occasions back to 2004. And it's just this one little cluster of houses that were built. Uh, so the this the gun club has been around since the, the 30s or 40s, hmm. uh, but it moved to the airport property in Wainscott in uh, in the early 80s, 1982, I believe. Um, and, and it's, you know, it's a one of a kind, there's no other facilities like it, um, east of the Shinnecock Canal. There's one other gun club, uh, in Southampton on Major's Path, but that is just, uh, just pistols. There's no long range rifle range, which is what they have at Maidstone Gun Club. Uh, and there's also no, um, skeet shooting, which, you know, is a, is a big thing. And I, you know, I've been to the Maidstone Gun Club over the years, several times to shoot skeet because it's a proper skeet shooting, you know, course, they call it. Um, they don't have sporting clays. There's uh, there's some places in uh, to the west in West Hampton and Calverton that have sporting clays, which is a very popular competitive shooting sport for uh, shotgun enthusiasts. But yeah, rifle ranges are a big deal because you're not actually allowed to shoot a rifle of any kind, caliber, style on Long Island at all. Um, you know, upstate hunters, you're not allowed to hunt with rifles on Long Island. Uh, you are only allowed to shoot rifles at uh, gun ranges. Um, I, I assume they're certified or registered in some way. Um, so you have, you know, but and there's a lot of gun enthusiasts, you know, listen, people have got uh, people have got guns and you know, assault weapons and such. Those are, you know, those are really classified as, as long rifles and you know, guys that guys that own those or girls that want, own them want to shoot them, they have to go to ranges. There's, uh, you know, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of indoor ranges that are like serious gun ranges um, in Brookhaven and uh, and up the island. But out here, you've got the Maidstone Gun Club, and it's an outdoor rifle range. It's 250 yards long. Um, I've never actually used the rifle range myself, but uh, you know we've we've seen a lot of pictures of it. And basically, what it is is it's like kind of like a like a covered shed uh, that has six or seven concrete, like 20, 30 foot long concrete tubes, and then there's tables at one end of those where you're supposed to sit down and shoot your rifle through that and then it goes out uh like a basically a trench in the ground uh in the hillside there's a big 40 foot high dirt berm at the other end with targets um and uh guys uh you know shoot shoot rifles there 
Now it it aims literally aims the 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 range sort of runs north to south more or less on the gun club property and about a mile pretty much straight north um although some recent aerial photos of it it does look like the houses are not exactly in straight line with the range but pretty close um they're about a mile north um it's, it's woodland between them and the gun club but uh you know a lot of rifle bullets and uh can travel a couple of miles um if they're fired at the right trajectory up into the air um they would they would carry uh, easily as far as these houses and um yeah like i said on several occasions uh, houses have been hit the homeowners um uh, very quickly blamed shooting at the gun club which certainly they could hear from their homes and is probably disconcerting. Um, uh, you know, there's shotguns being fired, shotguns, the sound of them, even though shotgun pellets don't go more than about 50 or 60 yards, um, uh, the sound can be very loud, whereas rifles, it's a very different sound, but the bullets can go a long ways. Um, huh. And so they've blamed the gun club. Now, you know, there's been investigations every time, and thus far, nobody has ever been able to say this bullet came from this gun, which was fired at the gun club uh, at this time. And uh, the most recent uh, incident was back in August uh, of this past summer. In fact, it had been a while, I think, since there had been a problem. Um, the The gun club uh, spent a lot of money and and redesigned the shooting range. Uh, about 10, 15 years ago. And uh, there, I mean, there still had been problems, but there hadn't been in a while. And then on August 5th, um, the, the this house on uh, Merchant's Path, which is where all the houses that, that the, uh, the bullets have hit are, um, uh, was hit by a bullet. And, you know, they have like uh, so many people these days, they have a security camera and the security camera caught uh, footage of apparently there were a couple of guys working in the backyard and you can hear this sort of high pitched you know zing and then thwack and it hits the side of the house and you see these guys uh that kind of like startle and they look around and they yell uh and then they walk around they, they kind of go back to what they were doing but i mean they were yelling and, and you know you could hear these shots in the distance and it was, uh, yeah, it was, you know, as the supervisor, Peter Vanskoyak said, it was disturbing. And, uh, you know, it was. Um, but again, we don't know that those shots came from the gun range. Now, um, early on, or shortly after that happened, um, the neighbors, the people that owned the house, and a couple of their neighbors came to the town board meetings. They came to the Wayne, Wayne Scott CAC meetings um because the gun club is actually up for renewing its lease it it mm -hmm. leases this land from the town it pays almost nothing a hundred dollars a year for 90 acres um which was not completely uncommon uh you know when the when the airport you know the airport's 800 acres the airport itself only uses a couple hundred acres of that um there's all those industrial light industrial properties along industrial road um those are technically part of the airport property also and the town has always leased them at very low rates they've started fixing that with the commercials with the commercial businesses um actually because the faa requires them to 
Um, and uh, so the airport is up for a lease. You know, whether they're going to get another 30-year lease at all is a question. How much are they going to have to pay? Um, you know, all of this is, is in the mix. And so the neighbors, you know, then you had this bullet incident right in the middle of that, like literally within a month of the, of the airport actually applying to renew its, its lease. Does, does, I'm sorry, does, does the airport re renew the lease or does the gun club have to? The town, the town can lease the airport land to whoever they choose. Yes, the, the town board decides that. Um, yeah, the airport isn't actually an entity. They're, that's just a, you know, it's basically a town building that the town operates like the recycling center um so uh so you had this bullet hit uh the the some of the neighbors came and they said they they claim they've claimed for a long time that they don't trust the east hampton town police to investigate um these mm -hmm. bullet cases because the police use the gun range um uh to to practice shooting um you know some police officers are members Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. They don't trust him, so they went to the state police, asked the state police to investigate this most recent shooting. One of them claimed at the Wayne Scott CAC meeting that uh, there's security camera footage at the gun club that showed somebody um, they described him as a young man from West Hampton who was shooting an illegally modified AK-47. Um, there was no further description of that. I've never heard that uh, referenced again since then, uh, but they said that they were able to line up the timestamps of the footage at the gun club uh, with the timestamp on the on the bullets hitting the house and that that has to have been where it came from. That, that said, six months plus later now, um, the state police have, have not said anything. And in fact, uh, you know, I guess we're sort of backing into the lead again that there's, you know, there's a lawsuit that that, that came up on this uh, just recently in some in some affidavits filed as part of the lawsuit. Um, one of the gun club uh, officers said that he has been told that the state police have concluded their investigation and were not able to conclude anything. Um, they weren't able to say that it came from the gun club. It's probably worth mentioning that there are a lot of like right of way. I think there's like a, a electrical power right away. So there's a lot of activity back there, like yeah. you know, writing, and, writing of ATVs. It's sort of a no man's land. And that that has been that has been something that's come up in the police investigations and that the members of the gun club have said. They said, listen, this is a big swath of woods that's public. You have the power lines uh, right of ways, which are these big open areas in the middle of the woods. And there's signs and refrigerators and all sorts of crap dumped back there. And they're all full of bullet holes because yeah, right. people go exactly. back there. I mean, listen, yeah. when I was in high school in Southampton, we went to the sand pit that is now called Sandland. That's such a big deal because mm -hmm. it was basically abandoned back in those days. And that's where we went and shot right. guns. Yeah. Just like I imagine like the long pond green belt was probably like that because, you know, there were still yeah. like 57 Chevys back there that they're but right, right, right. Exactly. That's what you did. Yeah. You went and blasted, uh, you know, if your if your dad had a had a an Uzi or a Walter, uh, 
uh, you know, submachine gun, you went and shot it at the old cars and crap in these in these uh, sand pits. So wait, you knew kids that had submachine guns? Uh, yeah, I did. I knew one friend who will know it's him if he's listening, if he hears, if he hears this, <laughs> whose dad had a bunch of really cool guns. Wow. And, you know, that's where that's where we went we went we went to the sand pit in Noyak. boy heaven man i'll tell you shot him into the hillsides you know yeah um, yeah so i you know can i ask what the gun club is there so most all of the shooting is supposedly done in these concrete tubes unless they're doing skeet shooting which tends to be up in the air but probably very low powered yeah that's um, that's shotguns that right that goes that, that won't goes go very no far place. right exactly i mean based on what so but nobody's supposed to be shooting outside of those concrete tubes then is that right right that's right and you know from from what i've seen of the facility i, I don't see how you really could either that said you know i don't know that there isn't like a gate where you can go stand in front of those concrete tubes and shoot a gun down the range without a uh <clears throat> without having to shoot through those tubes and you know just just to explain you know those tubes are intended to to make sure that the gun is aimed down the range and not up into the air. And even after the end of the tubes, a little bit about a quarter of a way down the range, there's then there's a big, you know, it's sort of like a baffle or a barricade, a wooden barricade that's above the range. So above what the trajectory of the bullet should go, but it's intended to stop a bullet. So, you know, if somebody you know, dropped their muzzle and a bullet hit the inside of one of those concrete tubes and ricocheted up into the air, ostensibly this this thing should stop the bullet from leaving the range. Um, but the rest of the range is, you know, is open. So if you were, you know, and I, again, I don't, I don't know, apparently these guys are all instructed, there's rules, you know, presumably you'd get kicked out of the club for not uh, following them because, I mean, these guys aren't people that take safety lightly, you know, these are these yeah. are real gun guys. And if you know real gun guys, safety isn't really a joke at all. Um, mm -hmm. And so, you know, could somebody go through, go to some place and shoot the range? Um, you know, I, I guess they probably could. I don't know why you would. I mean, if you were doing that, well, then why'd you bother going to the gun club? Right. Um, right. So, you know, th these, these are the questions. <laughs> Local support comes from the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. In these trying times, working full-time for their clients and the public interest, providing strong advocacy and attentive counsel, be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com 27 Speaks is brought to you by Sag Harbor Books and Southampton Books. Independent bookstores located in the villages at 7 Main Street in Sac Harbor and 16 Hampton Road in Southampton. They buy books, collections, libraries, individual titles. Very easy process. They handle everything. Do you have books to sell? Call or email today or visit SouthamptonSacHarborBooks.com. Now hiring booksellers at both locations, including office positions. Back uh, right after Thanksgiving, um, five homeowners, uh, it's actually eight individuals, uh, two couples and three individuals that own houses on Merchant's Path. They, um, they filed a lawsuit. Um, their attorney 
who is uh, uh, attorney well known to East Hampton Town and particularly adept at uh, getting into its craw, as you as you might say, um, uh, took a very unusual step of uh, asking for an emergency temporary restraining order and asked that the court hear their request the very next day. Um, the, the, the notification of the request and the lawsuit having been filed was sent to two email addresses, uh, one of which uh, is ostensibly the president of the club's email address. Um, and then they appeared in court the next day and uh, nobody from the gun club was there, no attorney. Um, the town is, is named as a plaintiff and the town attorney was there. Um, but did not offer uh, any defense. The, the town has decided that they're just going to sort of uh, uh, stand aside. They're not going to defend the uh, accusations because, the, you know, they're really just uh, being blamed for, um, uh, for not uh, having a proper lease arrangement and for not monitoring the gun club uh, closely enough, uh, et cetera. But the judge said, okay, and granted a TRO sort of out of hand um, just because uh, nobody was there to defend it. You know, I mean, that's the way court goes, right? If you don't, somebody accuses you of something and you don't show up in court to say otherwise, you, you've, you're guilty more or less. Even if you've only had like a one day notice, which is kind of crazy. Right. I mean, yeah, it was like, right by maybe, the not even, maybe not even 24 hours, but yeah. one day, you know. Like, how is that legal? I don't know. Oh, well. uh, you know, I mean, listen, if it's as as the as you can imagine, the judge being a little unclear, uh, he hears the bullets are hitting people's houses. And yeah, you're like, OK, yeah, you get your TRO instantly because we don't want that happening again. Now, it happened that the rifle range had been closed voluntarily by the club members since August 5th when this happened. They oh, had okay. shut down the rifle range. Mm -hmm. um, so it had not been used. There is an indoor pistol range at the club and the. Uh, and the skeet range that we talked about, uh, I guess there's an outdoor pistol range too, um, that's much shorter. But so, and I think both the outdoor pistol range and the rifle range have been closed, but the indoor pistol range was open. The skeet shooting was open. Um, and I, I mean, I think the skeet shooting is the most popular uh, thing they have there. Um, and so the judge shut down the whole thing, said the whole club is closed. You can't go on the property. They chained it, put up a fence, um, their attorney, they went and hired an attorney. Uh, they started filing appeals to the TRO on December 14th uh, and have been rebuffed uh, several times. Uh, the judge hasn't said anything. He just hasn't, he hasn't accepted any of their motions and requests and lifted the TRO. Uh, they're all gonna appear in court uh, uh, this week, uh, so, uh, January 9th, but <clears throat> we, don't, we don't know what will become of that re regardless the lawsuit still stands. The The neighbors are asking that the club be closed uh, permanently. And they've asked the town board not to um, renew the lease at all. And, uh, you know, that's uh, obviously ruffled a, a lot of feathers uh, among uh, some of the old locals around here, which, you know, this is a, a, a rare facility uh, in this region that's valuable to uh, a lot of people who, um, you know, shooting, shooting guns is, uh, you know, is an important hobby to them. 
it's similar to that Skellinger farm too, you know, another, that's the one outside Sag Harbor that recently shut down. I think they, they used to raise pheasants and other um, birds and um, they were a victim of the bird flu that came through recently, but likewise, they had a lot of opposition to, you know, something that had been there for decades, but sort of times had changed and people didn't want to, you know, know that this was happening. Right. Yeah. Well, you've got a very different crowd of people that have moved out here in the last 20, 30 years, you know, a, a long time ago, the population out here was much more uh, of an old country population where hunting in particular uh, is a is a very important and cherished pastime. And, uh, you know, it's 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 frustrating for them a lot because, you know, houses are getting built in fields where we used to all uh, pheasant hunt and quail hunt. Uh, I used to shoot pheasants in the field that is now Ira Reynard's house every day after school when I was in high school. Yeah, um, kind of a funny side story. I just like last week, two weeks ago, and we got really cold. You know, usually by we have, we live near the trails and the pond on um and up in Northwest Woods. And usually when you go by the trail system, it's Priuses and Teslas. You know, people are hiking the trails. Last week I went by and it was pickup truck after pickup truck, and I didn't have to look. I'm like, oh my god, the pond must be frozen. You know, because <laughs> everybody was out there playing yeah. hockey and skating. And that when you see the pickup trucks, it's like it's like like two different you know tale of two two wilderness areas in a way right? yeah 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 there's there's a there's a lot of folks i mean you know i was at the wainscott cac which is a substantial percentage uh of the members of that are are, are you know folks that have moved out here from the city in the last 20 years or are part-time residents and a lot of them were aghast to hear that there was a gun club <laughs> yeah. in, in where have I bought? <laughs> and and when they found out, were instantly against it being its lease being renewed, even though they didn't know it was there previously. So I mean, you know, you can't necessarily blame those people like that. They're not, you know, they didn't grow up around guns, um, and you know, you hear that sort of thing, especially with what guns have become in this country. Now you start flipping out, even though, you know, even the most staunch anti-gun activists would say, well, gun clubs are probably where you can shoot guns. Um, <laughs> um, so oh yeah, they're all going to go back to Ira, Ira Renner's property with Mike <laughs> if they shut down Maidstone. <laughs> right, exactly. I wish I wish he would let us pheasant hunt. <laughs> It'd be much. It'd be much easier now that they cut down all the corn. <laughs> there's, there's still tons of pheasants yeah. over there. <laughs> we have plenty of uh, duck hunters here, so at that time of year, for, I, I hear it. I hear it for sure. going on hours every day in season. Uh, but what we also have is the wine dance club. Yeah, it's also been right. Yeah, you're right across the street club. from that. Yeah. Oh, what's that? I haven't heard of that so one. So this is a gun club where they will like release pheasants to shoot at and they're very private like their website is just like yeah no no it's it's it's, it's like the maidstone club of hunting clubs and that is what it is that's a that's a uh, very exclusive uh like old blue bloods uh hunting club uh -huh. yeah nixon hunted there yeah 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 it's that it's that kind wow. of it's that kind of place do they operate like the Skellinger farm did? Do they raise the pheasants, hand raise them? I, and then they probably got them from yeah, the they Skellinger got farm. they got them from the Skellinger. Yep, they had to destroy and a you, lot. You of know what? Birds. They get out. 
every year when they do their pheasant hunting, a bunch of pheasant get out Mm -hmm. and I'll see them just like walking down the street in Eastport really confused (laughs) until they get hit by a car. Always. Steve Steve Coates used to have them in his yard all the time. You always saw dead pheasants on the turnpike. Yeah, because they're stupid. They haven't ever had to live in the wild. Yeah, which is, you know. You know, so beyond the whole gun thing, a lot of people objected to to that farm just because of the fact that birds are being kind of tame raised and then suddenly the guns are turned on them and they're like, What? Wait, I thought I yeah, was well, that's what they were they were just live targets, is what they were. You just yeah. threw them up in the air and shot them. They were they were raised to be shot and and eaten. I'll you know, yeah. we'll say that. I've I've shot at scalengers a few times too because you know, since we're not allowed to hunt for pheasants on Ira Rennert's uh, field anymore, <laughs> or any of the others between Southampton Village and, I mean, we used to shoot them in what's now uh, pheasant clothes um, in mm-hmm. Southampton Village, which, you know, it's an aside. Joe Lockheim, our former publisher, used to always say we, he wanted me to write my fishing column about all the names of streets that are named after the animals that were rejected <laughs> when they <laughs> when they were built. And the, and the development behind my house, which is by Southampton High School, called Pheasant Clothes, was number one. Because when we moved in here in 1987, it was just a forest of pheasants out wow. there. It was a big, empty field. We would have dozens and dozens of pheasants in my yard. My friends would come to my house before school. We would climb over our back fence and just walk through that field and shoot pheasants yeah. and then go to school and come back and do it again after school in the afternoon. So did you use that submachine gun? No, 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 that's that's all that's all small gauge shotgun hunting. <laughs> and you know what? And we never got harassed or complained mm-hmm. about it at all. Yeah. Um, mostly because the houses that surrounded that field then were were just locals, you know, they were the old Downs family. Or maybe then, it was because they knew you had guns, they weren't gonna give you a hard time. <laughs> yeah, probably. I mean, it was like it was different. You know, it was different back then. We, we rolled into we rolled so, into school with our guns and racks in the back of our pickup truck windows back then, you know, and parked at the high school. Hi, I'm Joe Shaw, executive editor of the Express News Group. You might recognize my voice because, frankly, it's everywhere. On the radio, television, podcasts, and at live events that we regularly hold. I wouldn't blame you for being a little sick of hearing my voice. But there's a reason for all that. In addition to keeping you informed by publishing the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, and the Sag Harbor Express, and the website 27east.com, we have another goal. We believe local issues are so important that they deserve to be discussed and debated, and we want to lead those conversations in every place that we can. In fact, it's a key part of our mission. It makes this a better community. You can help us. For just $5 a month for both print and digital, you can stay informed as you join the discussion, and you get the satisfaction of knowing that you are supporting the Press and the Express and 27 East and all that we do. Go to 27east.com backslash subscribe and talk to you again soon. So as someone who's definitely been in this world, do you feel like these homeowners have a legitimate claim or do you feel they're just like, or that it's not, there's an, it's not that well, big listen, of a you danger. Can't, you can't blame them. Their houses are getting right. hit well, that's my, you know, at, my husband, I just had this argument before. He's like, well, I don't know. I think it's kind of neat that you still have. A, I'm like, yeah, but would you like a gun, like a bullet whizzing into your deck while no, you're having a barbecue? Listen, they're, <laughs> so. com- they're completely justified in freaking out about that. Right. And the fact that nobody has ever been able to say, 
it's not coming from the gun club. You know, here's this bullet. We know this isn't ha coming from the gun club. This is from people shooting in the woods. And we need to figure out a way to stop people from shooting in the woods. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, listen, if you were there and you knew there was a gun club that more or less points right at your house and your house yeah. got hit by a bullet, yeah. it's like, you know, if it looks like a duck and it walks like a duck, right. who are you going to sue? You can't, you can't <laughs> sue the woods. You can't sue the power lines. Right. Um, so, you I know, mean, look you, at it this way. Do you think that like there, like, like there is a, 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 a physical way that a bullet from that um, club could travel that far and hit I'm those not houses? A, I'm not a ballistics expert, but mm -hmm. yes. I mean, I know how bullets go. It's, it's yeah. only a mile. Um, you know, there's, there's guys in the military that can shoot somebody sort of accurately almost a mile away you know it's like yes a bullet could do it it, it it's if, if it was somebody shooting at the range sort of the proper way i mean it would it would almost yeah. as as one of the people i and one of the members i interviewed a guy named frank deleen said you would almost have to be trying to do it uh, to do yeah. it because you'd kind of have to be aiming up into the air you know so that so that the bullet at least left the range over the tops of the trees because it's a, a, a dense woodlands between the gun club and these houses. So the odds that a bullet would actually fly through those trees and never hit another tree, it's, you know, it's, it's almost impossible, um, you know, in a straight line. Uh, so you'd have to be like sort of lobbing the bullet in there as, as you would. So it's kind of the the motive with the gun club voluntarily shutting the club down after that August incident. Is it sort of like okay, we'll we'll stop shooting, and if you get another bullet in your backyard, you know that it's coming from the power well, line. Yeah, you know, <laughs> to a to a certain extent, the TRO had the potential to be a big benefit to the gun club because mm -hmm. you know, God forbid, another bullet hit one of these people's houses while the gun club was closed. Well, there you'll go. Right now, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, that's like the, the guy that's in jail for murder and then somebody else gets killed. Yes, exactly. Uh, you know, the, the serial guy charged when Kramer is charged with a serial killer and somebody else gets killed and they celebrate. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, yeah, that I mean, right. That would have been convenient for the gun club, wouldn't it? Um, is that but, what they were thinking, though, by shutting it down, too? Like, were they thinking, OK, we'll shut it down and then. No, they were thinking. Yeah well, we don't want more bullets hitting houses. Uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, no, I mean, listen, the lawsuit is asking that the gun club be shut down permanently and that yeah. it not be allowed to remain there any longer. Mm -hmm. um, and the TRO is just a, well, you can't let them keep doing it while you decide the merits of that argument or not. Yeah. Um, you know, what, what that, what that sort of an argument in a, in a civil case is going to be based on as far as, you know, ballistics and, you know, they're going to take the slugs that they pulled out of these houses and say it was fired by this kind of gun and so-and-so fired this kind of gun at the gun club and that kind of thing. Um, you know, that, that'll be, that'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah. Um, you know, whether the judge, to be perfectly honest, I don't see any way that the judge is going to lift the TRO on the use of the rifle range. He may say, okay, go ahead, members, you know, because they have like a little clubhouse there and there's the indoor, the indoor shooting range and there's the skeet range, which obviously poses no threat to houses a mile away. Maybe he'll allow them to, oh, to go back using Actually. that, but uh, I wouldn't expect the outdoor ranges to be 
um, allowed to be used again, just because, <clears throat> I mean, you think about if you're the judge and you say, okay, and then, you know, another bullet hits a house or this one time, thank God nobody's ever gotten hurt when this yeah. has happened. But, you know, what happens if then one of those guys, you know, lay in tile behind the pool uh, in the backyard gets hit by a bullet. Now, you know, that would not be good. So um, that that's me purely spitballing, but sort of from experience, I, that's what I would expect is going to be the uh, going to be the case unless the judge, you know, finds something like the case has no place in a civil court and it needs to be addressed in some other way. So we'll see about that. Right. Those right away have always been sort of the wild west of doing whatever you want. I wonder if there's any way to monitor that. Like, can they put cameras on that to see if anybody's bringing guns? In there? Yeah. Yeah, sure. I mean, they have, they've used, they've used what they call uh, game cameras or trail cameras, which are uh, motion sensitive cameras yeah. uh, in the past to catch illegal dumpers and that sort of thing. You certainly could do that. Um, you know, I mean, I, I, I don't know how often people are out there shooting, mm -hmm. you know, right. high caliber rifles. Um, I, yeah, you know, that, that kind of thing is, you know, usually kids like we were in my experience, you know, and I don't know that a lot of adults are going out into the woods just randomly to sh shoot guns, you know? Mm -hmm um they go to gun know, the times are strange it's possible <laughs> i wonder if um so a rifles a rifles not allowed on long island just because the bullets tend to travel so far yeah, because they travel too far and and and, and residential development is too dense yeah yeah i don't know when that was but it, it's been decades i mean since i yeah. was since i was a kid that was that was the rule already yeah. um um, because I mean, you think about like Nassau County and Western Suffolk, it's been, you know, it's been 75, 80 years since you've been able to find someplace that there wasn't a house within two miles, <laughs> you know, um, upstate guys hunt, hunt for deer with rifles uh, and in Connecticut, they do it with rifles, but you know, you've got thousands and thousands of acres of woodlands up there. Yeah. Um, you have friends, I guess, who, yeah. who are members of the club and what are they thinking? I, I know a couple. I, I had one friend who was a member there many years ago, um, uh, but moved up island and isn't a member anymore. Mm. Um, I talked with him about it. He was, you know, he's he he's upset about it, um, but also says, you know, if some schmuck was in there shooting outside of the outside of the proper target range, well, you know, then he should get in trouble. Yeah. But, you know, it's the age old thing. Yeah. The, you know, you why do you let a couple of bad apples ruin it for everybody? Uh -huh. But, you know, that's kind of how things go, especially when it comes to bullets flying into people's houses. So um, it's it, it might take a lot. You know, one of the things that uh, one of the members said to me is, well, you know, just just make the range indoors, uh, you know, up in up in Brookhaven, the, the rifle range is indoors. And it's basically the same thing. You just cover it. You know, you just put a, a thick wooden roof over the whole range mm -hmm. and uh, that, you know, that'll keep bullets from ever leaving it. And, uh, you know, the, so that's one solution. But, you know, the 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 issue of the lease is going to come up and the and the town is going to have to deal with that. And they're obviously going to get uh, political pressure on one side of things. And the other thing is that I think the lawyers are going to tell them that they're going to have to charge a, uh, a, you know, some sort of a market rate for the uh, club. Now, maybe there's a public benefit kind of thing um, that allows them to charge, you know, something less than you would charge a landscaping company to lease 90 acres. But 
um, you know, it's going to go up and the club is going to have to decide that they're going to be able to pay a higher lease maybe, or, you know, so it may, it may be in the club's club's hands. They may just say we need much less land because I mean, they don't, you know, 90 acres, they don't use anything like 90 acres. They use like, I don't think even 10 acres of that. They it's, um, you know, most of that is just buffer from the, from the shooting. So when is the actual um, lease up then? Uh, next fall, I think, I think, uh, yeah, it might be, it might be fall of 2023, next fall, right, it's 2023 now, so, yeah, it might be, it might be later this year, I don't remember exactly, it's either this year or next year. Yeah, all right, well, I have a feeling we're going to have more to say about this then, aren't we? Uh, it's certainly going to be around uh, over the, over the next uh, several months, it's going to, it's going to be an issue, I mean, um uh how the how the judge and the court case goes is one thing and then obviously the lease negotiations and um you know you're going to hear from you're going to hear from a lot of people on both sides cuz uh you know the people that are supportive of the club are are very passionate and uh you know if they lose that you know that's kind of like one more thing that you just don't have out here that was uh you know something that's an important part of life for a lot of the people that have lived here for generations we are recording again. <laughs> the story that won't end. <laughs> so we have an addendum to add to this story. And Mike, um, this is the this second time this has happened to me. <laughs> it's always Mike's stories. Always yeah. Mike's. We just stop rushing podcasts <laughs> on my stories. <laughs> so there's new information about um, the bullets that um, had whizzed by uh, one of the houses. Now, is this a bullet? Was it lodged into a piece of... Um, of of the house or do we know how that bullet was found the, yeah the roof um and literally like an hour after we recorded the podcast uh the attorneys for the homeowners um of this house on merchant's path that was the most recent one to get hit by a bullet um it's happened several times over the last like 18 years or something like that um uh, the attorney filed um, a police report, which apparently had been completed back in October by East Hampton Town Police. Uh, you know, we had, we'd made a point of the neighbors not trusting the town police's investigation um, because the there is a police shooting range at the gun club. Actually, it's separate. I hadn't realized that, but uh, there is a dedicated police shooting range uh, at the gun club and you know some cops are members there and so the neighbors had been untrustworthy of that well um, this report is by an east hampton town detective and is uh, uh incredibly thorough actually um ballistics and the whole thing and uh they went and examined the house and yes they found a bullet in the shingle um uh, shingles of the roof right above the soffits and gutters uh, they never found the second bullet which i think i had mentioned um you know i saw the video back in august or september or something like that and um you know you could hear two bullets uh come whizzing past the house one of them hit the house the other one didn't they haven't found that um but the report says that uh you know they did uh, uh they did compare the video at the house with uh, the surveillance video at the gun club and uh there were two guys shooting um uh, medium range rifles 30 caliber rifles uh at the gun club at the time uh, both of which are variations of the uh, ar-15 you know the famous 
uh, semiotic or supposedly semiotic uh, machine gun that, um, uh, you know, we all know all too well from various public shootings and uh, has been a big part of the whole uh, assault weapons discussion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they went and examined the um, actual shooting range, you know, as I mentioned, there's those concrete tubes that guys have to are supposed to sit at a table and shoot down the concrete tubes. It, it does seem from the report that, um, you know, we had talked about how people could get around that. Um, and it, it does seem that while they were shooting down these concrete tubes, at least one of the guys was standing up and shooting the gun instead of sitting at this table. Huh. And uh, the report seems to make it clear that he's kind of not very good with his gun or was having trouble getting it sighted in and the bullets uh, they said were ricocheting off the end of the concrete tubes there were like skip marks on the concrete tubes that were clearly new um, which would then allow the bullet to go up at a different trajectory from you know how it's supposed to and that while there are um, actually apparently two timber barricades or baffles that are kind of above the shooting range and are intended to stop a bullet that comes uh you know that caroms off of something in the shooting range like that um they're tended to stop it from leaving the range apparently they didn't do that and (laughs) haven't done that in the past because the report says that there was both fresh and old evidence of bullets having hit the barricades Mm -hmm. and also of having passed straight through them as in like they hit the wood and went right through them Wow. Um, on an upward trajectory, and they apparently consulted a ballistics expert who said that, uh, yes, those bullets fired by those guns uh, could totally uh, go through those barricades and still carry a mile uh, and hit these houses uh, a mile away. So it's, you know, at least in this particular instance, it's uh, it's damning for the uh, gun club. Um, although, you know, it it does mention that apparently the gun club thought that this, uh, you know, I mean, first of all, these guys were not following the gun club's stated rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are supposed to be sitting at the table shooting the guns, um, and they weren't, or at least this one guy wasn't. And also the gun club uh, had been told um, by the people that built, the engineers that built the baffles, these barricades that are supposed to stop the bullets, that there was uh, steel or stone in between the wood. It's it's like tele- telephone poles, mm-hmm. I think, stacked on top of each other to create like a, a wall. And mm-hmm. there was supposed to be stone in there, and apparently there isn't. Uh, and so, you know, aging wow. wood, the bullets just went right through them, uh, I, I guess, uh, fairly easily. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, you know, in this one particular instance, <clears throat> it looks like it, it was... I guess, obviously, um, uh, from these guys shooting, hitting the house. But clearly, there's, there's uh, you know, some things that need to be addressed at the gun club, mm-hmm. um, whether it be making sure that people are following the rules, making sure that they know what the hell they're doing with their guns. Yeah. One of the gun club members said back in the uh, early fall that the video uh, from the gun club had made it abundantly clear that uh, this one guy who's from West Hampton 
had illegally modified his gun to be fully automatic so that it was uh, actually a machine gun, which is uh, illegal in all of the United States, I believe. That's not and in the report, though, is it? That, that part is not addressed in the report, although it does say that a detective and the uh, federal ATF agents went to his house in West Hampton and asked to talk with him and to see the gun, and he refused, which apparently he can do. And um, the report says that there's no criminality uh, or no evidence for criminality. So I guess because they couldn't an analyze the gun. So I guess, you know, this guy knew that he could tell them, uh, you know, to buzz off. Mm -hmm. So, Mike, is the theory that the bullet that struck the house and the second bullet that whizzed by, uh, were these ricochets off the concrete or did the, he just manage to shoot at an angle? That no, ri yeah, ricochets, ricochets, skip, skip offs. Um, yeah, ricochets, because that would put them on that upward trajectory. If they're hitting, you know, picture it's a square tube, a square concrete tube. They're seeing the uh, skip marks on the bottom at the far end. So what you do is, you know, the tubes are probably 30 feet long, 20 feet long, something like that. So, you know, he's shooting down that. He can see the target at the end of the, uh, at the end of the range. But, you know, he's doing something that either the gun's not aimed properly, so he's using a sight and he thinks he's aiming at the target, but he's aiming below, or, you know, he's not able to control the gun, which, you know, if it's modified to be fully automatic, you certainly could see. Mm -hmm. um, and they're, yes, they're hitting that bottom of the concrete tube, which then sends them on an upward trajectory, which is exactly what those baffles are for, and apparently... Several of them were striking those baffles. Some of them were going all the way through. I guess it's possible that some just went over it and never even hit them. So in addition to the baffles, there's a berm. Um, right. How difficult would it be for a bullet that is skipping off or ricocheting to go right over the berm? And the other thought is there's trees in between the club and the houses. Is the suggestion that the bullet went over the trees? What's the yeah. suggestion? Yes, I think the I think the implication is that is that the bullets carried over the houses, over the trees. Yeah. So where do we go from here? Do you think are, are there going to be any criminal charges? Do you think or it doesn't do sound like I mean, unless they go after this guy for having illegally modified his gun, which would have nothing to do with this particular incident. Mm -hmm. um, you know, could somebody? I mean, I mean, nobody got hurt, so you know, could they sue him for, uh, you know, uh, reckless behavior or something like that for not having followed the, the gun club's rules? Maybe, but, you know, the gun club's rules are not laws, you know, they're just safety guidelines and he mm -hmm. wasn't following them. Presumably he'll get kicked out of the gun club or something. Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, as far as the gun club, yeah, I mean, there's obviously some steps that they can take to uh, remove this danger of bullets leaving the uh leaving the range uh, you know and that's assuming that a court doesn't agree with the homeowners and say yeah you just can't have a gun club here anymore that's obviously something that's going to be years down the road and actually the lease for the gun club is going to come up long before a judge is ever going to yeah. probably rule on this or at least uh, a final ruling because there'd be appeals and such there's a hearing today on the tro i would yeah. be stunned if the tro as far as the rifle range is concerned, at least, uh, is lifted. Maybe the guy will say, the judge will see the logic behind the skeet range, uh, the indoor pistol range, maybe even the outdoor pistol range. Um, 
uh, being allowed to be used because you know they can't really pose a threat to a house a mile away. Uh, but yeah, the rifle range, I, I don't see that. With with this sort of evidence, I don't see them saying, okay, yeah, go right ahead. Yeah. Well, there you go. Our addendum. I feel like this probably is now going to be the situation for a while. And there's right. going to be a, you know, obviously a big debate at the town level about renewing the lease mm -hmm. and some sort of negotiation mm -hmm. uh, about what can be done to make the rifle range safer if the rifle range is allowed to remain at all. Twenty Seven Speaks is sponsored by the law firm of Toomey, Latham, Shea, Kelly, Dubin, and Corderaro. Strong advocacy and attentive counsel. Be well advised. SuffolkLaw.com. Thank you for listening. Join us again next week to hear what's news on the East End. Our interlude flute music is by Allison O'Reilly. Our opening and closing theme music is Boysdale Blues, written and performed by the incomparable Judy Carmichael. Listen to Judy's weekly show, Jazz Inspired, airing on an NPR station near you, or go to jazzinspired.com. 27 Speaks is a weekly podcast produced by the Express News Group, which includes the Southampton Press, the East Hampton Press, the Sag Harbor Express, 27east.com, and sagharborexpress.com. Find us on the websites or subscribe through Apple Podcasts.